Hey, it's the Perfect Faith Podcast. So glad you could join me. I'm Kurt Klingerman, your host. This is episode 12 of season 5, and this is called Basics Part 6, in which we are continuing on with a series covering the elementary teachings or uh, principles of the doctrine of Christ, which is found in Hebrews 6, verse 1 and 2. And we've been touching on the doctrine of baptisms, and now we're going to start to move more into the baptism into Jesus Christ. So we're going to dive right into it right now. So we're going to start with Matthew 28, verses 18 through 19. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, as we go in in further detail on this, we've already covered that baptism is actually is not only immersion in water, but it also means to identify with, or in this case, if we are baptized into Jesus Christ, we are identifying with him, his name, his character, what he stands for. It also declares that he is Lord. It declares that we are his property. It also declares that we are bound to him. It's, it is a actually, in one sense, a, a, an act of profession of faith when we get water baptized in, in that regard. But again, in regards to water baptism, there's been some misunderstandings about it in relation to salvation. And it's important that when you study the Word of God that you study more than one verse pertaining to a given subject, right, or given topic. You know, if you only take one or two verses, you might miss the entire context of what the Bible has to say in relation to that subject, or you might miss the fullness of the counsel of God that He has for it. In other words, if you begin to study and use maybe one or two verses and then build a doctrine, if you will, or a teaching off of that, you might find yourself teaching something that's not quite biblically accurate. You know, I'm not saying that you'd try to go into heresy, or, but it is possible to get off into error if you don't try to go deeper and let Holy Spirit lead you in your study, of course. And, and likewise, baptism is one of those areas that's very true. I mean, some, again, have began to come to this concept that without water baptism, you would not be saved. In other words, you would be, basically, you wouldn't be able to make it into heaven, if you will, if you weren't water baptized. But is that true? Is is that what that really means? And and where they get this is they pull it off of this one verse, you know, and this is why I say it's very important that you take more than one verse, but you take as many verses as you can about a given subject, and then, of course, pray and ask Holy Spirit to reveal to you exactly what God intends. But here's the verse. Um, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but... He that believes not shall be damned. And that's Mark 16, 16. I'll read that again. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. Now, let me make something very clear. Jesus instituted water baptism, so it is important. You know, if you're one that has received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
And if you're one that confesses that he is your Lord, then it is important to be baptized because it is something that he instituted. However, failure to be baptized does not necessarily mean that you're going to be condemned or prevented from entering into heaven. And at the same time, if Jesus desires it to be done, why would someone avoid it? You know, other than trying to prove some point that, hey, I don't need to be immersed in water to be saved. And while that's true, and we'll go deeper into Scripture as to why that is true, it is still important that you obey the Lord. Otherwise, you might be getting in some sketchy areas here because Jesus said, if you deny me before man, I will deny you before God. And water baptism actually is an act of confession. It's not only an act of confession, but it's part of it. You know, it declares that something has been done inwardly, or as many say, it's an inward work, and about, uh, or it's an outward sign of an inward work, which is true in that regard. So, again, it's important to be baptized. But I'm going to ask a question, and many of you have heard this question before. In fact, some of you probably posed it yourself. But for those that have not posed this question, if water baptism is a prerequisite for salvation or to be saved, what do you do with a penitent thief on the cross? In other words, you had the two thieves on the right and the left-hand side of Jesus at the, at the crucifixion, right? And one of the thieves says to Jesus, he said, you know, remember me in your kingdom. And what was Jesus' response to that? Jesus said, Unto him, verily I say unto you, today you will be with me in paradise. You will be with me in paradise. So, that being said, was the thief baptized in water before he died? No, he was not. But yet Jesus said, you will be with me in paradise. And you can't say it's limited to that one person because that would make God a respecter of persons. And we know emphatically that he is not that. If a spiritual principle applies to one person, it's going to apply to every person, right? Even as I've said before, our relationship with him is unique because we're unique individuals, but the spiritual principles involved in, in salvation or involved in our walk with him apply to everyone. But water baptism, like I said earlier, is a confession of, of something that took place or had to take place internally first, right? Otherwise, being immersed would have no meaning. So let me maybe state that a different way. So yes, water baptism can be an act or confession of your faith. However, something internally had to take place first in order for that to be a valid confession, if you don't believe what you are saying or living what you are saying, that confession is a false confession. If you are not in agreement with what you just said, that's not a confession because confession has a couple prong, more than a couple prongs, but we'll deal on two. One, of course, is to admit or come into agreement with God, with what he says. And that leads us to the second part of it. Confession is full agreement with God and what he says in his word. So when we confess the Lord Jesus Christ, we are saying that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. We agree with the word in relation to that and a discussion. But if you don't believe that and you got immersed in water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, all you did was got immersed or dipped in water 
in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but it holds no meaning because it gets back to the belief, because Jesus said it himself. Those that believe and are baptized, if you do not believe, the baptism has no meaning whatsoever. So there is actually a prerequisite for water baptism. And this is revealed by Philip's interaction with the Ethiopian eunuch. And if you get a chance, read the uh, Acts chapter 8 that goes in greater detail. I'm going to read just verse 35 through 38. Okay, so this is Philip who comes across this Ethiopian eunuch that's trying to understand the Word of God or passage of Scripture that he's reading. And so this is what it says. It says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same Scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So again, belief is one, re- one prerequisite, but is there another? So let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost or gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, we see each element of the doctrine of Christ connected together because without repentance, water baptism is meaningless. In other words, if you don't repent from your dead works, if you don't repent of your sins, none of this means anything because again, that falls right in line with confession. Confession means I agree with God. Yes, I was, I was a sinner, or yes, I am a sinner, depending on where you are in relation to him. And of course, you don't have to stay a sinner if that is the case. You can ask Jesus to, he, to forgive you of your sins, cleanse you of your sins, and connect you to the Father. We can have relationship with God, God being your Father, being your Daddy even, giving you the spirit of sonship whereby you cry, Abba, Father, or or daddy, father, right? You can come into right relationship with him just by praying and and coming into that. But without that repentance, again, it means nothing. Repentance has to come along with everything else. Without repentance, there is no salvation. Without belief, there is no salvation. See, faith toward God. We have repentance from dead works. That was number one. As far as the basic elements of the doctrine of Christ, then you have faith toward God. That's number two, and that's belief. And now three, you have the baptism, or excuse me, the doctrine of baptisms, which originally talked about the ritualistic washings of the Old Testament rites. And now we're going deeper, showing that those were types and shadows of things to come, in which now we're talking about baptism into Jesus, and water baptism being a sign of that taking place or a confession of being baptized into Jesus, right? That you are identifying with him. So it's important to understand that repentance and faith toward God is a prerequisite or it precedes the physical act of water baptism. But it must also be understood that to be baptized into Jesus is a spiritual act. 
If there's no spiritual connected connection to Jesus, again, dipping in water carries no significance. Even in the Great Commission, we see the order one must become a disciple of Jesus Christ before, before being baptized. So here's a question. It's kind of a peripheral question, if you will, or a sideline question, but I think it bears addressing just real brief. I'm not going to make this an entire lesson in of itself, if you will. It's something to study more in more detail later. But here is a question. Are infants disciples, right? Are infants disciples? Well, to be honest, they are not exactly in that stage of life where they can make that decision for themselves. They are far before the age of accountability, if you will, before they can make that decision. But again, for those parents whose child hasn't come to that place yet, they can relax a bit, you know, because God does have them covered. Otherwise, why would he say, come on, why would Jesus say, come unto the Father as a child? An infant who is baptized, physically baptized, I'm talking about, in water is no better off than one who is not, right? In terms of the physical act. However, that being said, listen to me. Parental devotion to see in their children's spiritual well-being definitely gives the children a leg up. So for every parent that has sought their child's spiritual upbringing has definitely given them a leg up over those whose parents who have not. Now, many dedicate their children. They'll anoint them with oil and dedicate their child to the Lord. And then they will seek to raise them up to become disciples of Jesus Christ so that when the time comes, they can make that decision for themselves and then be baptized once they become, you know, disciples of Jesus Christ. But let's also be clear, again, for those who have had had their children as infants baptized, I mean, the heart behind it is absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. But just understand that that, that water isn't going to, whether or not an infant is baptized in water is not going to be a prerequisite for them coming into heaven at that age should something, God forbid, happen. So again, as we said earlier, baptism is a spiritual act. So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. So again, the first part of verse 13, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. So through the agency of Holy Spirit... We are baptized into Jesus, right? He's the one that seals us in Jesus. Now, a Roman centurion named Cornelius actually will underscore this principle. It will serve as an example of baptism being a spiritual act which precedes the physical act of water baptism. So we're going to read out of Romans 10. And again, let me encourage you to read the entire chapter of Romans 10, which gives the full account of Cornelius and Peter, and how the Gentiles started to come into relationship through Jesus Christ to the Father, where we find out now that salvation is not just for the Jews, but it is for the Gentiles as well. So here we go, verse 44 through 47 of Romans 10. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. 
All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured on the Gentiles also, for they were hearing them speaking with tongues, exalting God. Then Peter answered, listen to this, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who receive the Holy Spirit, just as we did, can he? And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay on for a few days. Now again, read the entire chapter for full context. But again, upon hearing the gospel from Peter, Cornelius and his household received the gift of the Holy Spirit before they were water baptized. In other words, if you're not saved, you're not going to have Holy Spirit. You can't have Holy Spirit without being saved. It goes together. In fact, salvation requires Holy Spirit. So they received the gift of Holy Spirit, and we will talk in more detail about the baptism or the Holy Spirit in the next episode, Lord willing. But study that out for yourself, too. In the meantime, study the baptism with the Holy Spirit if you hadn't done it already. But this, again, answers that question. Does one have to be water baptized to be saved? Well, if Holy Spirit was upon them and in them before they're water baptized, that by itself shows you that that's that the spiritual must precede the physical and that baptism is a spiritual act. Finally, Galatians 3, verse 26 through 27. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. So through faith in Jesus Christ, we are baptized into him. We identify with him by faith, by grace. And then Colossians 2, verse 11 through 12, In whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein you are also risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who, hath ra- who has raised him from the dead. So again, in Jesus, we have a circumcised heart or a pure heart. It's in Jesus, Right? It's just, again, as we've spoke or said many a time before, that Jesus is our righteousness. So Jesus is our circumcision, and Jesus is our life. And so when you are baptized into him, you identified with his death, but you also identify with his resurrection, which means now you have life eternal in him. So there's the basics of being uh, baptized into Jesus Christ. Again, it just shows that we are identifying with him and that it precedes water baptism. But again, let me just reiterate. If you've not been water baptized, let me encourage you to do that. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord, be baptized. It's it's a good thing to do. It's, It's the right thing to do because, again, Jesus instituted it. And so this is where we're going to close off. Again, thank you for joining me in in these podcasts. Or if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, I hope this has been beneficial to you. And so until the next time, the Lord bless you, my friend.